Welcome to the Heart Rate Variability Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss the exciting science behind HRV and how you can apply it to your own health and the work that you do. Just a note, this podcast does not replace medical advice, and if you're going to apply this to your own life or others, please consult with a medical provider. Thank you and enjoy the show. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Heart Rate Variability Podcast. Uh, Jeff Summers here with my partner, Matt Bennett. Thanks hey, Jeff. For, uh, hey, Matt. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. We've got another great episode today. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, events in life, uh, life choices, things that uh, you might be partaking in and, and, and not realize the impact it has on your HRV. So we'll get into a lot more about that today. Um, but Matt, there's also some things going on in the world that probably makes more sense to start talking about before we get into it. Absolutely, Jeff. I know these uh, two things are one of the reasons we uh, created Optimal HRV and one of our uh, key drivers of passion for this. Uh, we're recording this on August 31st, uh, National Overdose Awareness Day uh, for those um, who are struggling with the opiate epidemic in their communities, which is a great big swath of uh, the United States. Uh, uh, just an important uh, educational day. Uh, we've lost so many lives in this epidemic. Uh, the heroin, opiates, uh, just boy, the, the overdose rate uh, is just incredible. And the stories I hear as I travel around the country, um, you know, you can go to certain areas. Uh, Pittsburgh is one that, that really, uh, central Pennsylvania, um, some areas down south I've been to that you, you can't get in an Uber, you can't get in a taxi without the person knowing someone, a friend, or more often, in my experience, even a family member who lost somebody um, in this epidemic. So just want to uh, uh, su support that and the efforts out there. Um, when we actually publish this, it will be Suicide Awareness Month in uh, uh, September. So also something that I know we'll talk about in future episodes too, both with overdoses, relapse, and uh, self-harm and suicide, uh, that we were hoping HRV could have a positive impact on. So as somebody who's worked in mental health for going on 25 years now. Uh, suicide is always something that, that we worry about. We work on people with. Uh, we know that that hopeless, uh, depressive place is a pretty dark one uh, for a lot of folks. And uh, just, uh, just want to give our best to those who have struggled with either of these two issues, um, both in their maybe personal lives, uh, with their family members, friends, but also just all the professionals who are listening to this, who even if we do everything really, really well, it doesn't mean we don't have clients who struggle with these issues and sometimes, you know, uh, go, go through and, and have the worst outcomes possible uh, uh, with this. So just a big shout out to all the people out there trying to uh, really reduce the amount of overdoses, uh, help bring people back. Uh, from overdoses and also to bring hope to folks who might be struggling with uh, major depressive episodes or suicide. So uh, just want to give everybody a big, uh, aware, you know, shout out to those days and the work that they're doing and also to all the professionals uh, or people who are working with these issues in their, their lives. Uh, thank you for doing this and bringing hope and healing to these areas. So uh, yeah, just a big thanks from Jeff and I to, to launch yeah. us into this topic. 
Absolutely. Yeah, you said it. That's a lot of great work being done. It doesn't, people don't get enough credit for. So. Absolutely. So many people alive today. Uh, it's hard to measure a non-event. Uh, right. So I'll just, I'll just say millions of people out there alive because they were able to, to find the help that they needed. And uh, I think we can also mourn those who may not have found the help that they needed. And hopefully that's a call for more resources uh, in our communities to assess, identify, and address these, these key issues. So absolutely. That's it. So I guess uh, switching gears, you know, which is hard after a topic like that, but um, you know, we've, we've spent a lot of time so far, Matt, talking about sort of the morning reading, morning awareness, morning readiness, you know, however you want to sort of talk about the, that initial HRV score, first thing in your wake up in the morning, you know, how able are you to take on the day? Is your, yeah. you know, what's your HRV score telling you and, and, and how, how do you need to approach whatever it is you want to accomplish that day? But, um, you know, there's, there's kind of a component that we haven't really gotten into yet. And that's sort of identifying how HRV can be captured prior to an event or a behavior or a habit or you know, whatever you want to call it. We'll get into different examples as we go. And then a uh, reading post event habit, you know, whatever, um, and, and helping us understand the quantifiable effect that whatever that event was had on your system. So yes. I think it's kind of what we want to focus on today. So I think the, the first, maybe first thing to talk about is, you know, what, what is the concept? What are these events that we're talking about? And how does it really apply to some of the folks that we know are going to be listening out there? Absolutely. And one of the terms we'll utilize just to define it is the idea of tags. And, and most HRV apps, in fact, I think everyone I've seen, including ours, has the ability after you take a reading to tag that reading. Um, and so this can be, as Jeff said, kind of pre and post an event. So uh, let's just do something that's stressful for most of us is um, the typical day at work. And I'm not saying it doesn't have to stress you out or burn you out, but because work is a form of stress, because we have to do something, we have to perform, we, for the most part, care about the outcomes that we provide is, that over our shift, uh, whatever that might be, we will experience stress. Uh, some of it will be good stress, a term we use, you stress, but a lot of that will just be distress as well. The deadlines, the paperwork, uh, you know, meetings we might not love to go to, th those sort of things. So, so what tags allow us to do is you can take a reading, and again, I'll just use the work example, we can talk about other examples where this might be really important is you can take an HRV reading uh, before your shift. And that gives you an idea um, of how well you're doing before you enter the workday. Now, we've sort of hinted at this in the past too, is that can really help you depending on how flexible your job is. If you're going into a factory and doing the same thing each and every day and you've got your quotas, you got to go in and do that. And, and most of us can't call off work because our HRV score is lower than normal. But you know, for, for me, and Jeff, I know you, you've kind of utilized this as well, is that if I'm in yellow or red, in other words, if my score is significantly below my, my all-time average, you know, I know I might only have a couple hours of really creative work in my day. Um, I might want to, instead of working two hours, which is my normal time before taking a break, I might want to try to work one in at the 16-minute point because I might extend my peak efficiency uh, peak creativity for, for just a little bit more. So, so that pre-work reading, you know, can allow us to plan our day. If I'm, if I'm really above my all-time average or close to it, 
hey, I know I can, I can give my all to work and I don't have much excuse for slacking off in the afternoon uh, <laughs> and uh, tuning into the NBA playoffs like I've <laughs> kind of done the last few days. Don't, don't tell Jeff. Uh, but, you know, it, it allows you to say, okay, I've, I've got a lot of fuel in my tank. I can go for it. Um, now, the, the exciting thing about what HRV does is then we can take also and tag something post-work. Um, so that really allows us, we can prepare pre and post how much stress of that de-stress, use stress has had um, impact on our bodies and our minds. So most of us on a typical day, we will have a lower HRV score at the end of the workday than we do at the beginning of the workday. That's just natural because of the stress of work. Now, you know, we can also, again, and using work as an example is, hey, if I go into work green and I come out of work that day in the red, I want to be careful about going out for a couple of margaritas and nachos, right? I, I might want to, as, as something we call active recovery, I, I might want to go for a walk, try to get maybe out in nature, listen to some favorite music or a good relaxing fictional audio book or a podcast uh, that, that I really like. I want to maybe really take it easy. I don't want to go for a hard run. I don't want to do those things. If I'm green or, or even high yellow kind of at the end of the day, I, hey, I might want to go to the gym and get a harder workout in. I might, I might be able to, if I have, you know, want to do a book that's more professional development, I might have the energy to do that um, in the evening. And because I know I have some green left or, or I'm doing pretty good, I know I don't have to have quite the focus on recovery. Again, I want to make sure that I'm still not pushing myself into red with my evening activities. But I got a little bit more fuel in my tank, so to speak, to do a harder workout, um, you know, engage in, in maybe some more cognitively or physically strenuous activities. So, you know, and over time, what we can do is we can track our pre and post work over time. So we can start to get some idea about how does the average workday impact my HRV over time. Um, you know, and again, it just gives us another level of information. We're, one of the one of our uh, initial clients with this was helping folks who had experienced uh, homelessness. Uh, they were in a, they were transitioning to shelter situations, get back in the workforce. So something we're interested in collecting data with them once the COVID thing uh, passes and people are hiring in this these industries again is as these people make these transitions, which can be pretty difficult if you haven't been in the workforce for the last 10, 15, 20 years, even if you've been out for six or eight months, how are, how are their transitions going? Because having worked with several people of uh, getting people back into the employment situation that I hear over and over is like, man, we're, we're kind of good for six months, but then something happens. Um, and from the provider standpoint, we haven't been able to predict this. Well, if people are taking pre post tests and we see some pretty drastic declines in those, you know, pre and post test scores that where those interventions might come in and say, Hey, we see your scores dropping. what's going on, checking in with the folks. Hey, maybe after working six months, it might be good to take a long weekend or take to, to schedule a vacation, but it may just show that they need a little bit of a break. Uh, because that stress, they may begin in that burned out state, which might trigger some behaviors that could put their jobs in jeopardy. So, so again, it gives us another level of information to ask different questions 
against. So, uh, Jeff, I mentioned the work thing, but uh, I wonder, uh, I've got some other ideas where we could use this, but just kind of love to get into your thoughts of where tags might uh, uh, be important and give us some insight to our health and wellness. Yeah, uh, you know, from personal experience, I think one of the the first things I noticed when you turned me on to consistent HRV readings was the effect of um, diet and alcohol consumption. Um, <laughs> alcohol, it, yeah, it, it it's amazing, you know, and, and for somebody who, um, you know, certainly enjoys a drink, you know, now and then, but but you know, I've got two little kids at home, so I, I'm not. <laughs> not partaking nearly as much as I did when I was single and, and, you know, doing those kinds of things, but still, you know, even just a beer or two yeah. beers over the course of a couple hours just kills your score. I, I expected an impact, I expected to have an impact, but not such a drastic one. And, you know, one of the things as the kids are getting older and, and we're able to have a little bit more time and availability to, to, focus even more than we used to on diets and things like that. I'll be interested to tie that piece in as well. I haven't done nearly as much yeah. uh, analysis on that just because you're eating so much more during the day and more frequently and sometimes in the middle or in between meetings and that kind of thing. But um, I, I'm sure there's a, a big component of that as well. So, you know, you're sort of taking it into more of a personal example. Um, that, that was a shock to me. And I'm sure yeah. there's a, a lot of a lot of good science around it. And um, I think it's something that most people probably had no idea. You, you think, yeah. oh, it's a beer. It's a great way to unrelax. But in yeah. fact, you're, you're actually putting more stress on your body than you realize. You know? Yeah, and, and alcohol is a tough one for me too because I, I love a good uh, Indian pale ale. And uh, the stronger, the double, the triples, like, uh, <laughs> you know, and for me, I just love the taste of them. And, you know, alcohol makes you feel good, which is why – we drink until you don't feel good anymore. But it's, you know, it's one of those behaviors that I started to track too. And, you know, if I go, you know, to Jeff's house and maybe have more margaritas of Jeff's than I should have had, <laughs> not only do I not feel so good the next day, obviously my HRV crashes, I'm in the red. But the thing that, and I've seen this sort of play out in the research as well, the thing is you can start to measure that impact of a hangover two to three days out in a pretty significant way. Um, so if you have a hard night drinking on Friday, it's probably gonna impact your performance even on a Monday. Now, age is gonna have things to do with that. There's other things, but you know, drinking late into the night, not good. You know, If you're gonna to try to have a, a non-impactful drink, it's pretty much one maybe two and giving yourself now they're saying about four hours before you go to sleep um and that, better, that's better be an early happy hour right <laughs> it better be a really early happy hour uh and you know it's it is it's detrimental but it's one of those ways you can track um i gave up caffeine i'm not sure why i it was a new year's resolution um i, I like strong you like the, you like you like the challenge of giving things up I, I do i do and i you know it's like okay i think my buddy was giving it up so i was like yeah might as well try it he seems to be all fresh and natural. I, I try to give it up. There's not a whole lot of bad research out there about caffeine, to be honest with you. I mean, there's, if you have certain conditions and other things, but, but caffeine, unlike alcohol, is, is not that 
And if you've got other, email me the research, but in moderation, it's, it's actually not a bad thing and could be a positive depending on, like I drink it with Herba Mate, which is a very strong uh, South American tea that has more antioxidants than green tea does. So, so there's a lot of benefits to that besides the caffeine. And honestly, I, I didn't see any change in my HRV over time. And it gave me kind of like, you know, because in, and you get this too, Jeff, I know you, we both travel a lot, but you go to the East Coast on mountain time and people want to start training at 8 a.m. on the East Coast because nobody sleeps on the East Coast is what I've, uh, especially go up <laughs> so to New true. York. I it's know, like, it's yeah, so true. They, they watch sports until 1 a.m. and then get up to do a three-hour commute at like four. And like, so that, <laughs> that's Monday like, night. <laughs> yeah, that's like starting training at six o'clock our time. And, you know, I, you know, it's nice to have a little caffeine to wake up. Uh, but, you know, I, I saw no drop and I lost the enjoyment of having like my morning routine with my tea and that little boost the caffeine gives you. So, so on some things that you might do for health, you can also track that against your, your system as well. Uh, intermittent fasting is another thing that I've tracked with HRV and have seen, seen improvement um, over time where you sort of have this, you eat within an eight hour period of the day and then you have 16 hours of fasting uh, each day. And I've seen, I've seen a jump in HRV from, from when I started that as well. So, uh, so some really good things there. A few other things that, um, we can see this useful for is to see the impact of a workout. We, we know physical stress also is going to lower HRV in the short term. So to see what a workout has, the impact has on you, and you can kind of measure this, your recovery process as well. Um, if you go for like a personal best as far as distance run, you know, that stress on the body might impact you for the next day or so. Now, again, cognitively, you might be fairly recovered, um, but physically, you know, a lower HRV score might be uh, kind of your body telling you you should take a couple recovery days, uh, at least not, not, nothing too strenuous um, with that as well. The other thing that I really find it useful for is sleep. Um, right. You know, sleep is basically... Uh, you know, in my self-care trainings, um, if you were to ask me, hey, Matt, you give me a lot of good ideas for self-care. What's the one thing I can do in the next 24 hours to bring my best self to work from where I'm at right now? The, the answer is really simple is get eight hours of sleep. Um, you know, but, but how does sleep refresh you? Because at the end of the day, your HRB, even if you've had a good recovery, should be a, a little lower just because you're carrying around the stress of the day sleep biologically kind of hits the refresh button for us and our HRV should be much higher in the morning than it was in the evening. Now, if it's not, um, tells you something about your sleep quality. A lot of people, um, before they got on HIV or HRV monitors, kind of thinking like, hey, I, I'm in bed for seven hours. I'm getting the sleep I need. But, you know, once we see, you know, HRV scores not recovering, are you tossing and turning? Are you waking up and, and staying up? What's your quality of sleep? What's your REM sleep quality? Another thing alcohol does, unfortunately, is it, it may help you fall asleep, but your sleep quality is much lower as well. Um, so you don't get that recovery. So, you know, you start to ask questions against is, you know, how, how restorative was my sleep? Uh, 
how impactful was my workout? Um, how impactful was my work day? Um, hey, I know I'm going out for a hard night of drinking on Saturday. Um, what's, how's this going to impact uh, my HRV? And measuring that um, out even a, even a couple of days can help really show, hey, what behaviors I'm trying to introduce are working and what ones might be detrimental. And uh, this is how it can give you a really nice gauge on wellness, self-care, uh, going forward. So absolutely. Yeah, no, those are good ones. So, you know, I, I, as everybody has, has gathered from previous episodes, um, you know, our passion is really bringing this to up a level. I mean, obviously helping individuals is, mm -hmm. is the end goal, but, you know, bringing it up a level to the organization, um, you know, be it a caregiving organization, um, you know, just a normal quote unquote, uh, private company, whatever it is. So, you know, let's talk about this concept of tagging um, for, you know, the organizations, the professionals, the, the, you know, nurses, the doctors, the HR people, the managers, the everybody, you know, everybody who could benefit from it. How, how does this concept apply there? Yeah, well, I mean, how is your wellness initiatives working? Uh, how do your meetings impact people? Uh, you know, kind of looking at the stress of the workday on different teams. Um, maybe HRV scores will show that something disruptive happened during the course of a day because you see pre-post work uh, tags, uh, readings that were tagged uh, being much lower. So it really helps. Organizations can really help to show, okay, are our wellness initiatives really working? What is the impact of work? And obviously when you've got teams doing this on different teams pre-post, uh, th those are all searchable things in, in our database. Um, you know, if you have some mindfulness, uh, let's say you create a mindfulness room and you're encouraging people to do, you know, 20 minutes a day, you can do a pre-post mindfulness. So, so what you can do a pre-work, uh, pre-mindfulness, post-mindfulness, post-work, and kind of see over time, are you getting the return on investments uh, uh, for that? Uh, you know, a lot of people are looking at, hey, do we give a gym so people can, you know, ha have a place to work out over lunch? Uh, I know, you know, a lot of folks I work with in the nonprofit world, that's sort of a dream because resources are pretty low. But hey, if we improve some of this stuff is decreasing turnover, increasing productivity in the afternoon, um, my, again, it can sort of justify uh, the, in, the investment in it. So it really gives us a way to take just HRV scores, which gives you a lot just in general. If you get everybody taking that, just that morning average, you get a lot with those group averages and against population norms like we talked about last episode. But tags really help us then describe what do these events have it? One of the interesting things for courageous leaders out there, uh, what's the impact of a meeting have on your staff? Uh, mm -hmm. You know, can, can you the look at the same weekly staff meeting, right? If it's, yeah. uh, if it's every Tuesday at two, it, what, what does that change it, the people's HRV over time? It, exactly. I haven't run this by you yet, but something I want to create is this little kind of triangle that has a green, yellow, and red on it where people take pre-meeting readings and show where they're at. And it doesn't give you an excuse to yell at your coworkers during your meetings <laughs> if you're in the red, but, but it, it's a signal to everybody. Yeah, you know, it says, I'm not, let's be, let's I'm not doing great right now. You, you right. still need to expect me to show up to the meeting, listen, take notes. You know, none of that's excused, but 
hey, if, if I'm not quite as vocal as normal, it's because I'm just taking care of myself and I'm, I'm saving my energy to listen to you going forward. So, you know, we, we can get courageous like that. Um, you know, obviously this is a little customization, but not something that's probably too hard to do. You know, a lot of times nurses are used as guinea pigs for this because they work different shift under different nurse managers. So how do different managers have impact on people's HRV during a shift? So, you know, there's a lot of different things, different questions that, that we can ask to further um, break this data down. Obviously, it, it requires taking more than just the morning reading. Morning right. reading every day gives you a lot of information to ask questions against. But this just allows you then to fine tune that for folks um, as, as well. Um, you know, for folks in the helping professions, doing pre and post sessions, yeah. uh, readings can be, can be really, that's one we've talked a lot about too, you know, uh, you know, how is this session? And, and we know things like trauma treatment, the post session reading will probably be lower, um, you know, because it's psychologically intense to work through trauma. Um, now, could we then take readings an hour out, two hours out the next day to see that recovery process? So we can really start to look at the impact of our, our treatment. And if somebody comes in and their pre-session reading is really low, again, we might want to introduce mindfulness. We might uh, want to maybe not dive into the hardest, you know, therapeutic task of the day until we may be able to show that their reading's coming up. Otherwise, we might do more harm than good. So, so clinically, this also gives us um, a, a lot of things that, that we could do um, as well. You know, in the business world, we can nerd out about, you know, doing about exposure to different pro products, shows, you know, uh, you sure. know, you know, when are you more likely to buy something on Amazon? You, you get pretty dystopian mm -hmm. about this, uh, you know, <laughs> sure. uh, yeah, you know, I wonder. I wonder about some well, of these companies that are monitoring twenty four seven. Is you know, are they connected to their Alexis or Siri? You know, what, what's well, going on here about buying? But uh, we we promise saw, we're not doing that at Optimal, at least. The, so. That's right. I mean, you saw Amazon came out with their new wearable um, that's connected to Alexa. So all the things you're asking, but maybe some of the things you don't it, are also I'm, connected. I'm, yeah, I'm so excited to see it. It actually tracks your voice throughout the day. So it's a your skin it, temperature. Or it's a pretty exciting piece of technology and everybody's dystopian nightmare. Uh, <laughs> I'll throw it on because I just I'm one of those people that assume they got it all anyway. So, you there know, you go. That's right. <laughs> nothing to hide, right? Absolutely. You know, having my blog for uh, five years, I can't run for elected office anyway. I'm way too honest. So, uh, yeah, I don't think Alexa is going to get me in trouble at this point. So. <laughs> exactly. That's right. Well, anything to wrap up, Matt? I, I mean, I know we, we kind of really focused on a, a pretty narrow topic today, and, and thus it's a little bit of a shorter episode. Yeah. Um, but I think it's important for people to... to to understand sort of the scope of, of what you can really capture by taking consistent readings, you know, and, yeah. and for me, I've gotten in a really good habit, just like you of, of taking a reading every morning. Um, but I, you know, to this day, even though I'm fully bought in, could probably do a better job of, of taking more readings and, and being more mindful about when I'm taking them and why, because, um, you know, it, it really shows you how everyday behaviors 
put stress on your body in ways and at levels you never realized that they did. And uh, yeah, yeah, like you, yeah, you've always told me your behavior changes with knowledge and, and, and this right. is sort of what it provides you. And that, that's really the thing. I mean, it just allows you to ask more questions. I mean, that's really what tags, how's this run impact my, my energy level, my wellness? Uh, how did this work shift impact me? How did a night of drinking impact me? You know, how does hanging out with my friends, this one friend improve your HRV more than another? You know, you could really dig down into weird and strange places with these tags. <laughs> so some are fun. If you're a professional athlete, you better be tagging your workouts, right? You yeah, better be tagging you your wellness sleep. activities because you want to know, hey, what what improves my my recovery and what declines? I mean, you know, I think LeBron James is the the poster boy you know, for investment in his physical well-being. Uh, we, were, we were around with the Carmelo Anthony Nuggets who had, had this reputation <laughs> of they'd go out whether they'd win or lose and, you know, stay out till two, three, four, five, six when J.R. Smith was around till maybe two or three days of a bender. And, you, you know, there, there was this different mentality of, hey, enjoy your status as a pro athlete. Um, you, you know what LeBron James, I think, has set the bar so high for professional athletes is, you know, now that the few interactions I have with folks in that arena, more so listening to them on podcasts, is they don't drink during the season. Uh, you know, they're, they're 24-7 preparing for the next game, the next, next practice. And, and I think we can take a lesson from that in the business arena is, hey, if we care so much about our productivity, our effectiveness, our quality, you know, it doesn't mean we have to focus 24-7 like LeBron does, and very few of us have million dollars plus a year to spend on it. But, you know, seeing what works and what doesn't uh, can improve our performance over time as well. And, you know, if you're a better worker and your HRV is higher, you're a better parent, uh, you're a better spouse, you're a better friend, you're a better weekend warrior for your softball team. So, you know, while LeBron can quantify his investments in wins or losses, points per game, championships, you know, ours might be a little bit harder to quantify, but as we do things that improve our HRV and eliminate things that decrease it, um, we're going to be better in life too. So that's the exciting thing is this really gets kind of wonky with it, but at the same time, it allows us to ask different levels of questions, which is exciting as well. That's it. Yep, I agree. Awesome. So, so what what, what are we going to talk about in our next episode, Matt? What's... Stress and trauma, baby. We're we're right. getting a, the reason I wrote the book. Uh, uh, so, uh, really looking at the intense stress and HRV, and this is to me where uh, HRV has some really exciting uh, for those out there doing trauma work, but those that might be struggling with trauma in their own life, uh, uh, yeah. supporting a friend or family member through trauma. And uh, we have something, Jeff, I'll just kind of throw a teaser out there for folks. If you're like, eh, the trauma stuff, I'm, I'm not in Matt's world. Uh, COVID-19 for a lot of us uh, might be something I'll define as a chronic trauma uh, when we start to hit this topic. So I think we've all been living in maybe something that uh, might not be traumatic, but we're pushing those boundaries when you look at some of these uh, definitions. So uh, wh whether you're in my world, in the mental health arena or not, trauma impacts so many aspects of our life. Um, and so I, I hope uh, that uh, we'll probably get a few top or a few episodes out of this uh, 
uh, topic, but I think it's important for everybody to, to explore with us. So, yeah. Excellent. Looking forward to it. Well, uh, thanks again, everybody, for joining us. Uh, go to Optimal HRV or HeartRateVariabilityPodcast.com um, to learn more about the work that we're doing and get access to some of the other resources we have online. Matt, as usual, it was a pleasure. Looking forward Absolutely. to getting, uh, getting way more in-depth and, and serious and, you know, in our next episode, which you know, hopefully won't be two hours long. We'll see. I, I, I will uh, take a post-Jeff reading to see how my <laughs> friend Jeff Summers impacts my HRV score. So, uh, uh, vice versa. Everybody Thanks. have a wonderful week. We'll see you next week uh, for our next episode. Thanks, everybody. Take care. Thank you for joining us for this episode. If you're interested in more information about HRV, please visit us at OptimalHRV.com. Also, if you visit OptimalHRV.com, you'll be able to sign up for our email list and download our free ebook, Healing with HRV. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next episode.